most of what I do in ministry, if you, if you examine, you'll see it's, 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 the foundation is, is from the things we've learned from the, the uh, ministry of R Brother Kithmore. Amen? He has been our pastor, our spiritual father for several years now. And uh, we have identified uh, increase that came with our association with him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, I know that right now they're watching us. I think they're watching us uh, live in somewhere. Somewhere they're watching us live in Branson. And well, why don't you say hi to our internet audience? And I know that I think uh, at Faith Life Church, I think uh, this is being recorded for the service tomorrow. Amen. Last time he came was about five years ago, and that was his first time to the continent of Africa. Praise the Lord. Now, this time he's back, but this time he flew himself. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so we're so honored that this is his first, first transatlantic missions flight. And it's right here. He chose, he was led by God to come here and be a blessing to us. So that's, that's, that's a great honor. I don't take it for granted. Amen. Brother Keith Moore is a founder and president of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church of both Branson, Missouri and Sarasota, Florida. Two of the greatest emphasis of Brother Moore's ministry are the importance of the written word and the necessity of being led by the Spirit. Having traveled extensively across the U.S. and abroad for over 30 years, Brother Keith and his wife Phyllis minister strongly on such areas as love, faith, healing, prosperity, and honor. Praise the Lord. I heard him teach about honor in 1997, and everything changed for me. Praise the Lord. The life of honor. Amen. Their heart is to see the lost saved, the sick healed, the distressed relieved, the broken restored, and the discouraged empowered to victory. Brother Moore says, true Christianity is not the formal, powerless thing that so many have gotten used to. Real fellowship with the living Christ, the anointed one, results in the destruction of every bondage, the removal of every burden, and the fulfillment of every good desire. There is no life so exciting as a victorious life, and that's true Christianity. Hallelujah. The teaching of Brother Keith is rich with revelation, yet very easy to understand. He communicates very simply and easy to put into practice. Many have testified of healings, deliverance, life-changing experiences through his anointed ministry. I'm sure many of you have, have been blessed, amen, by his ministry. And he has a word from God for us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. He told me that um, the Lord gave me a word. I was so tempted to ask what it was, but I know it's not proper to do so. Amen. So uh, I'm just as full of anticipation as you are. You know, if he came for nobody else, he came for me. And uh, I'm just being honest. Praise the Lord. If I was the only person in this hall, I would sit down and and he would, I would draw everything from him. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. So uh, I want you to all stand on your feet and I want you to 
give a good God bless to Brother Keith Moore. Let's lift our hands and thank him again. Lord, we worship you. You are our great healer. And we thank you. Thank you for your mercies, for your healing mercies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> Glory to God. Father, we agree together concerning the rest of the service. And we ask you together for utterance in the Holy Spirit. And we ask you together for ears and eyes and a heart and mind that can see and hear and receive of your precious word, of your will, of your ways. Let there come, Lord, answers, direction, help, a supply of the Spirit to bring us to the next level, the next part of your plan. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers of what you say. And for every good thing that results, we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the glory, we'll give you all the honor, for you are worthy, worthy, worthy to receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. You, you may be seated. Hallelujah. You know, when the Spirit of God is saying something and doing something, you want to do it then. Not wait. Not put it off. Uh, he, how many believe He is the most important one? He's in charge when we yield to Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to thank the Lord. Uh, Pastor Brother Andrew and Miss Indeedy, thank you. The privilege of being here. I tell you, I just, uh, as I was sitting there, I was thinking about how comfortable I am. I just feel pretty, pretty comfortable. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, you can tell if you're received or if you're not. Preachers, you ever preached anywhere where they weren't too big on you? It's wonderful when people receive the Word of God and makes it, makes it easy. <clears throat> Would you turn in the Scriptures again this evening to a verse we looked at last night? If you weren't with us last night, you might want to uh, get the recording. We've already covered some things. We looked at 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, and uh, I want to go there, and then also we'll be going to Acts, book of Acts, the 10th chapter. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 21. He said, Now he that which establishes us with you is Christ. Does anybody know what Christ means? The definition of the word Christ? It's not just Jesus' last name. It means 
the anointed. And uh, it is so important, this word Christ. It appears over 550 times in the New Testament. That's a lot. Everybody say Christ. The anointed one. Hallelujah. Excuse me. He, uh, the master doesn't just have the title of an anointed one, but the anointed one. And it says, he which establishes us in Christ and has anointed us is God. Now, most believers believe that Jesus is anointed. He is the anointed one. But do you believe that God has also anointed us? That was a little weak. Is it true? Said out loud if you believe this scripture. God has anointed us. Hallelujah. Well, you're part of us, aren't you? God has anointed us. We have this in common with the anointed one. That's some company. He is the anointed one. And by the same Holy Spirit, He has anointed us also. Glory to God. Look in Acts, the 10th chapter, please. Acts chapter 10. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 refers to the master being anointed. It says, how God, Acts 10, 38, how God, what? Anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. If people would just believe this one verse, it would correct all kinds of erroneous doctrine. God doesn't put sickness on his people. Everyone that was healed under the ministry of Jesus, the Bible says they were satanically oppressed. Sickness and disease is a work of the devil. Well, how can a work of the devil glorify God? No, no. It can be an occasion for God to be glorified in the healing. Just like if someone was in the dregs of sin and got gloriously saved, well, that glorifies God. Not the sin, but the salvation. Right? 
can be an opportunity, excuse me, sickness can be an opportunity for God to get glory, but the sickness doesn't give Him glory. It's the healing. Can you say amen? amen? You know, when Lazarus had died of the sickness and, and uh, Jesus told them, He said, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So they haven't seen the glory of God in their brother getting sick. They didn't see the glory of God in him dying wrong and young and prematurely. Come on, are you all with me? When did they see the glory of God? When he was raised from the dead and healed. If he hadn't have been healed, he'd have died again immediately. The works of the enemy glorify the enemy. The works of God glorify God. Here you see the works of God. Jesus did the works of God in his ministry. Read it out loud with me again. How God anointed Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power he went about doing good. What was some of the good that he was doing? And healing, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He did it by the anointing. As sinless and perfect and holy and pleasing to God as Jesus was, he still had to be anointed. To accomplish the ministry. He was just as much the Son of God when he was 15, but no miracles. As he, when he was 20, but no miracles. Sometimes you'll hear people talk about, or there are some apocryphal writings that have Jesus uh, healing his little play friend as a child, or raising a little bird from the dead. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? It's not true. The scripture says the first miracle was the turning of water into wine. Is that right? It and this happened after he was baptized in the river Jordan and came up and saw the Spirit. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit came on him and he was anointed. Only then do you begin to see the manifestations of power and healing and deliverance and miracles and signs and wonders because it's not by human might or by human power, but it is by His Spirit. Hallelujah, says the Lord. Glory to God. Well, the servant is not above his master. If Jesus had to be anointed, certainly we will have to be anointed for any of these things to occur in our life and in our ministry. And we'll, we must rely not on who we are or our intelligence or eloquence or our connections or our education to accomplish spiritual things. It'll have to be like the Master by the anointing. Thank you, Lord.
by the anointing. The anointing, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but the anointing cannot be bought. There should be no mention of money in connection with the anointing. Shouldn't be used in the same sentence. Are y'all with me? It is holy. The anointing of God is holy. The Bible talks about Jesus and the high priestly office that he has. That no man takes this honor unto himself. Jesus had the spirit without measure. He was the anointed apostle, the anointed prophet, the anointed uh, evangelist, the anointed pastor, the anointed teacher. He had the full measure of all the fivefold ministry gifts and all of the gifts of the Spirit. With the exception of tongues and interpretation, that's distinctive of our age. All of that on him, hallelujah, at once. Now, none of us have it all. None of us are the apostle or the prophet or the evangelist. If you're an evangelist, you're an evangelist. A pastor, not the pastor. And you have a measure of the anointing of Christ to enable and to equip you to do what you're called to do. And though many would agree with this, it it must be spoken of. Faith is not automatic. You won't have faith in the anointing unless you hear about the anointing. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about that more, but that that was worth you uh, coming out to church tonight, right there. Tell me how faith comes. How How does faith come? In order to have faith in healing, what must happen? You must hear about healing. I had a fellow want to take me to task one time because I taught healing a lot. And he said, uh, he said, no, um, you know, salvation, being born again, that's the most important message. I said, I disagree. He looked at me like I knew it. I knew it. Heretic. <clears throat> I said, if you're saved, it's not the most important message. If you're already born again, but you can't pay your bills, the most important message to you is not about being born again. You are born again. You need faith for provision. Right? How many know Jesus preached the gospel to the poor? What is good news to the poor? You can be born again? No. No. That's good news to the lost. That's right. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me or not? 
Christ. If you're lost, there is no more important message than Jesus will be your Savior and Redeemer if you receive Him. But if you're born again and you've got plenty of money, but you're sick in your body, being born again is not the most important message to you. You need to hear about healing. You need faith in Jesus, your healer. How's it going to come? How's it going to come? Not by hearing about the new birth. Right? Whatever Whatever area you need faith in, you need to hear the anointed word of God in that area. And all of us are stronger in some areas than others. I had the privilege of working at Brother Kenneth Hagin's healing school for a number of years. I mean, we had class in the morning, we had a class in the afternoon, and it was healing in the morning, healing in the afternoon, healing when the sun went down. And I did this for years. And after years, I realized I am, I am in robust health. I mean, I don't remember the last time I had the flu or the this or the that. And then I had a revelation. You need to teach and hear about finances. Because I wasn't doing so good. And I was healed, but I was broke. (laughs) And not just everything will feed your spirit. Intellectualism won't feed your faith. It must be anointed revelation come on somebody said out loud faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god in fact if you look up other translations it says the word of the christ which is the anointed word and there is revelation there faith doesn't come just by bible words bouncing off of your ear Faith comes by you receiving the anointed word. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go with me, please, to Luke, the third chapter. The greatest example of all time of anyone being anointed for ministry is the master, Jesus himself. And we have recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John different parts of how he ministered under the anointing. And I'm believing as we read the scriptures, are you hooked with me tonight? As we believe these scriptures, revelation is going to come. Hallelujah. For anointings that have been dormant, to become active. Anointings that have been low level to become strong. Hallelujah. I'm confident many will see tonight. Glory to God. Many. Many. It's life changing. Glory to God. Glory to God. In 1 Corinthians 2, uh, you're going to Luke 3, but he, uh, he talked about 
that he didn't want their faith to be in his ability or eloquence. He said, I want your faith to be in the power of God. Said out loud, I have faith in the power of God. Hallelujah. In Luke, the third chapter, we see the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Luke 3.21. 3.21, please. It said, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass, Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came, which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. Hallelujah. Now this wasn't written in chapter and verse, so this flows right into the, the fourth chapter here. Are you with me? In the fourth chapter, in the first verse, it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Spirit, he returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Jesus has been the Son of God every day. Since his birth on the earth, met God, the Word manifested in the flesh. Why hasn't the devil subjected him to this kind of temptation until now? Why didn't he do this when he was 13? What, what has just happened? The anointing has just come on him. Hallelujah. And immediately... The enemy subjects him to every pressure and temptation that has worked on mankind for millennia. Forty days and nights, intense temptation. Why? What's this about? Here, here's something that will make you smile. The devil is terrified of the anointing. Hallelujah. <clears throat> what does the anointing do, among other things? It removes burdens. Whose burdens? It destroys yokes. Whose yokes? The enemy can work on deceiving and binding people for multiple generations. He can work on things for years to get people in this kind of state and the anointing can shatter it off of them in a millisecond. Must be frustrating to the enemy after all of this work. All of this time, the anointing can just shatter it off. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. The anointing... Removes every burden. Yeah. 
The anointing destroys every yoke. There is, there is no bondage. There is no drug habit. There is no alcohol habit. There is no bondage to sin that the anointing can't shatter off of a person in a moment. The devil knows this better than most Christians. And he fears it. And so when he saw all this anointing come on Jesus... He immediately comes to try to defuse it. Did you hear that word? He can't stop the power of God. He knows that. But what he can do is remove that which releases the anointing through deception, through trickery. Through temptation. What do you mean? The scripture says, unless the gospel is mixed with faith. Right? You, you don't see the results. The word of God and the gospel is the power of God. To everyone that believes, it must be mixed with faith. It's like a chemical situation where you have some substances as long as you keep them separate there's no power released but if you mix them if you mix them there'll be an explosion all that power is there in that liquid but it must have the catalyst to release the power that is latent there. We see this in the ministry of Jesus. Remember the occasion when it says he was in the room preaching and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And yet there is no healing going on at that moment. Why? Nothing, nothing releasing until some individuals came from outside. Right? And tore off the roof. There were times that thousands upon thousands came and Jesus ministered and healed every one of them. And then there were times in his own hometown when he could there do no mighty works. Mark 6, 5 says, why? He said he marveled because of their unbelief. They didn't have faith in the anointing on him. Can you see this? So the devil subjects him to intense temptation. Let's keep reading. Verse 3, the devil said to him, If you be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him and said, It's written, Man will live by bread alone, not by bread alone, but by every word of God. We're familiar with this. Maybe we've heard it so much that we don't notice it like we should. This is heroic. You got to put yourself here. He's hungry. 
I mean, his, after 40 days, his body is crying out and he believes he can speak and it will be done. But the word of God holds the pri- the priority, the highest place over everything and he holds to the scripture over every feeling that he has. Is he your hero? He's my hero. Hallelujah. Don't you want to be just like him? That's what we're talking about. He didn't yield. And then the devil took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time. The devil said to him, all this power I'll give you and the glory for that's delivered to me and to whomever I will give it. I will, I give it. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Excuse me. Some people have said, that's not true. If it wasn't true, don't you think Jesus would have known? Don't you think the Father, the Spirit would have revealed it to him? And if it wasn't true, it wouldn't have been a temptation. And the Scripture says it was a temptation. God didn't give it to him. Adam and Eve gave it to him. And he, the devil doesn't know everything, but he knows some things. And uh, he, he knew the prophecies that had come forth. Jesus is, it wasn't manifested then, but he is to be king of kings and lord of lords. And all the kingdoms of this world, they will become the kingdoms of our Lord and Master. And there will be one kingdom that rules over all that shall never end. And the enemy's trying to get him to take a shortcut. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to become sin. You don't have to do all that. You can be king of kings today. Oh, but Jesus said, come on, what did he say? Get behind me, Satan, it's written, you'll worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. He brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. He said, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down from here. It's written, he'll give his angels charge over you to keep you. Now you'll see in these three temptations... What's described in 1 John? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And the pride of life is involved here. Because he, basically the devil's daring him in saying, you believe the scriptures? You believe God can do this? Prove it. Jump. Show your faith. Beware of trying to show anybody your faith. Your faith in God. He's the one who knows if you trust Him or not. Right? We're not here to try to impress anybody. With our faith. You try to impress somebody, you'll be yielding to the enemy. 
trying to impress is pride. And Jesus didn't, he didn't fall for that. What did he say? It's written. It is said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And after 40 days and nights, the devil had done everything that had worked on human beings from Adam and Eve, and he ran out of things to do. Nothing worked on the master. He couldn't get him. He couldn't trick him. He couldn't deceive him. Everything, everything, he'd come back with the word, come back with the word, come back with the word. That's how we overcome too. Hallelujah. And he left him for a season. And notice what happened. The enemy was unsuccessful. Because verse 14, are you there? Jesus returned from this place of intense temptation. How? How? In the power of the Spirit. Oh, somebody say, in the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. What's he talking about? The anointing upon him. Why did the enemy subject him to such temptation? There were more than one reason, but for what we're talking about tonight, anything that affects your conscience affects your confidence. Anything that affects your conscience, if you do something you know you should not do and don't repent, it won't be God who's condemning you. But First John says your own heart will condemn you. He said we have confidence in God if our heart doesn't condemn us. Well, if your heart does condemn you, what's going to be? What's going to happen? You're not going to have confidence. Well, what's the big deal about that? If you don't have confidence, that's another word for faith. If you don't have, didn't the Bible say, don't cast away your confidence? He's talking about faith. If I, if I allow my conscience to bother me and don't repent, it will undermine my confidence. And that will defuse the anointing on my life. Because the anointing, in, in order for it to manifest... You must have faith in this anointing, and you must boldly, confidently step out. Hmm? I mean, I wouldn't help you tonight if I came up and said, I'm such a poor excuse of a Christian. I've missed it in so many ways. I'm not worthy. Y'all pray for me. I don't, I don't feel like I ought to even be up here. Would there be anointing manifest for revelation and help? I have missed it. You have missed it. But I've repented. Hallelujah. And the, and the blood cleanses. Hallelujah. We've all made mistakes. 
But the key is that when you see you missed it, don't just go on with your conscience bothering you and your confidence undermined. Repent. Repent means acknowledge it and receive your forgiveness and change. Well, somebody say change, change, change. Because if you don't change, you do it again immediately, your heart's going to bother you again. Your conscience is bothering you. Your confidence is undermined. How could Jesus come out in the full power of the Spirit? His conscience is not bothering him about anything that happened during those, come on, those 40 days and nights. He didn't yield to one temptation. He didn't succumb to one of them. If you say, yeah, but, you know, I have, that's why he shed his blood. Hallelujah. So that you and I, even though we had missed it, could have the same confidence. Glory to God. Because if you truly repent, you are truly washed and truly clean. And God doesn't see it. And there's no reason for you to be condemned. There is, therefore, now no condemnation. Hallelujah. You can walk with the same confidence as the sinless master. Not because you haven't missed it, but because of the blood of the precious lamb. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me go over this again. If it bothers your conscience, it's going to undermine your confidence. If it undermines your confidence, it's going to defuse the anointing that's on you. That's one of the reasons the enemy subjects people to temptation, especially leaders, pastors, and ministers. I mean, he wants to destroy churches. But you don't have to live in condemnation. You don't have to live with your confidence compromised. Now look at what Jesus did as he came in the power of the Spirit. Everybody okay? Jesus returned. Verse 14, are you there? He returned. I like reading this. In the power of of the Spirit. And there went a fame of him throughout through all the region round about. Why? Why now? Because of this anointing. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up for to read. There was delivered to him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Where did he go? Where did he go? And, and the scripture said this was his custom. So he didn't just do this once or twice. He did this many times. This, this was a regular thing that he did when he went to a new place. What was his text? Come on, help me out. So Isaiah... 
61, what does it say? The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Hallelujah. Is there a greater example to follow in ministry than Jesus? Certainly not. Should you be criticized for following his example? Jesus read scripture and said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. Do the scripture tells us to be followers of God as dear children, imitators of Christ. Why would you do this? We've already talked about it in the beginning. Why would he do this? Obviously, the Spirit of God's leading him to do this. He said, I only see what, I, you know, the Father does. I only say what I hear him say. But, but why? What's going on? Because the faith, excuse me, the anointing doesn't manifest unless people believe in it. And how does faith come? And faith in the anointing comes by hearing about the anointing. He wants this anointing to manifest. So what does he do? He reads the scripture and says, come on. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. Now, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word doesn't change. His spirit doesn't change. What did he say he's anointed to do from the scripture? <coughs> Excuse me. He's anointed to what? Preach the gospel to the poor. What else? He sent me to heal the broken heart. And to... Now, proclaim is the same word as preach. Is he got preach again? Preach what? Preach liberty to the captives. Preach recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty, that's deliverance, those who are oppressed. Keep going. And for the third time. To preach, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, reading from Scripture, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He's anointed me to preach. He's anointed me to heal. He's anointed me to preach. He's anointed me to deliver and set free. And He's anointed me to preach. Why preaching three times? Because that's how faith comes. Oh, hallelujah. And what's he preaching about right now? The anointing. The anointing. Oh, hallelujah. This is why going forward from this place in his ministry, town after town he'd go to the Bible would say the crowds would press to touch him. That's why the woman with the issue of blood wanted to touch him. Why do they want to touch him? How would they know about it? 
about it on a regular basis. It's his custom. He's talking about it. And when they heard about it, their faith rose. And when they saw it manifested, they were quickened. Hallelujah. And, and miracles are like dominoes. When one happens, another one can happen. And another one can happen. And people get encouraged. And they get excited. And their faith in God, their faith in the anointing comes up. Hallelujah. And the higher the faith, the more marvelous things happen. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. God who has anointed me. He's anointed us. He's anointed me. But can you see, we haven't talked enough about the anointing. We haven't thought enough about it. People have thought... You're, you're trying to draw attention to yourself, saying you're anointed. Well, Jesus ran into that very thing, didn't he? Hmm? Well, let's keep reading. He said, he closed the book. He gave it to the minister. He sat down. The eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. It was quiet. Because he, he just read a big verse. And here, here it comes. Verse 22, he began to say to them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. He said, this verse is not a prophecy anymore. This is not pointing just to the future. This is fulfilled right here, right now. The Lord has anointed me to do these things. Hallelujah. And the anointing here will do these things for you today. Glory to God. Now church, man's tradition, religion, does not like this. They'll shout with you about what God did time, time ago, back in the day. They'll shout with you about one of these days. One of these days, there's coming a time, there's coming a time. God's going to move. Everybody will shout. But if you say, right now, right now, the anointing is here, right now, right now, to heal you, to deliver you, to set you free, the power of God is here right now. Because we can't live any other time than right. That's the only time we ever do anything. Right? I can't do anything.
anything yesterday. I can't do anything tomorrow. It'll have to get here and be now. Hallelujah. And didn't the Lord say, today, today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Now is God's accepted time. Whew. I preached me happy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You, you can be seated. Remember Hebrews 11.1. 1. Huh? Now. 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 Now faith is. Not, not faith used to be. Not faith will be. Now faith is. may sound like a simple phrase, but this is revolutionary. This is life changing. The Bible didn't say by his stripes, you will be healed. And as pastor was sharing in the offering, it didn't say one day you will be rich. Come on now, listen can you see it's a trick of the enemy to push everything off into the future? What, what is the trick? The trick. Why does it have to be keep going in the future? Because you're not going to believe it until you see it. And if I don't see it yet, then I don't have it yet, and I'm not going to walk by faith. But faith... Now, faith is. Faith calls those things that be not were. If they were, they are. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is life changing. The traditions of men push everything into the future. Everything, everything. One of these days we're going to be free. One of these days God's going to move. One of these days, one of these days, one of these days you're going to be dead and gone. 
And that's what the enemy's counting on. That you, you don't believe anything right now, but one of these days, while our little short life is clicking by, until we're out of here. And we didn't receive the fullness of what he had for us. It's real simple. When you walk by faith, faith is now. And no matter how bad you're hurting or how bad the doctor's report is, you say, I call my body healed now. I call my body healed now. Now, I'm not waiting on anything. I'm, I'm not waiting to get a better report. I'm not waiting to feel better. I believe I receive my healing right now. Right now. Right now. Hallelujah. I call every bill paid. Now. I call every debt paid off. Now. I call. Hallelujah. working on it. The Lord's not getting me there sometime. No. He has already. He's already done everything that needs to be done. He's already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. He's already, already, already done it all. Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Things things of the Spirit are not temporal. They never grow old. And the, the Lord is allowing us to connect in the Spirit with what happened right here. Can you see Jesus standing up in front of this crowd? Can you see him finding that scripture in Isaiah? Can you see him without any conscience bothering him, without any lack of confidence, full confidence? How many believe he did not mutter when he said this? He, he, He didn't mumble when he said it. He said... The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me. He sent me to preach. He sent me to heal. He sent me to preach. He sent me to deliver. He sent me to preach. He said it so boldly, so powerfully. It's why the next verse says, Everybody was sitting there quiet with their eyes on him. Which is when he said. What did he say? What did he say? This day, right here, 
fulfilled in your ears. Hallelujah. The anointing is here right now. And immediately there were masses of healings and miracles and deliverances. No, there wasn't. Sit down. No, there wasn't. What do you mean? Read. This this day, verse 21, is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, glory to God, I'm going to get my healing today. No, no, they didn't. What What did they say? What did they say? Let, let me paraphrase. They're saying, who is he? Saying he's anointed. Saying he's the fulfillment. Of scripture. And they were offended. At him. Which is the opposite. Of faith. They said no. What? And he, he perceived their thoughts. He said surely you'll say this to me. Physician. Heal yourself. What we've heard. That you did in Capernaum. Do it here. In other words, prove to us. Show us. Show us. Prove it. Do you know he didn't? I said, did you know he didn't? He didn't accept their challenge? As some people say that the healings that happened in Jesus' ministry were just to prove his deity. This would have been the perfect place in your own hometown, right? Been the perfect place. He'd have said, okay, okay, bring me some blind people. Bring me some deaf people. Bring me some lame people, and I'll show you. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible. Impossible to please God. One of the things that pleases God is His works being manifested. People being healed, delivered, helped, saved, restored, renewed. He said, I tell you, no prophets accepted in His own country. I tell you the truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent save unto Sarepta, a city of Zidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. He said there were a lot of widows in need. Not a one of them got help. There were a lot of sick men in Israel. Not a one of them got help. A foreigner got help. And what was their response? It infuriated them. 
they were livid. When they heard this, they were filled with wrath. Now the reason I, you know, it would have been great to just keep shouting a few minutes ago. But when Jesus said this day the scriptures fulfilled in your ears, miracles should have started breaking up. And other towns, they did. Come on, is that right? Town after town, place after place, thousands upon thousands. So many people had faith in that anointing. They would press, they would push. If I can just touch the hem, if I can just get close. Why? They had faith in the power, the anointing that was on him. And when they did, it manifested. But here in his own hometown. Nothing's happening. Instead of glory, instead of healing and miracles, there's hatred in the air. It's tense. Jesus has been preaching, and the service is over. Nobody wants to hear another word out of his mouth. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Not only do they not want to hear anything else, they want to kill him right now. They were filled with wrath. What'd they do? Rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill whereon their city was built that they might cast him down headlong. But he passing through the midst of them went his way. Came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them in the, in the synagogue, in, excuse me, on the Sabbath days. They were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. Matthew 13 says, he, in Mark 6, 5 says, he marveled about their unbelief and he went around about teaching. That's the remedy for unbelief. That's why you see he's anointed me to preach three times. My father in the faith, Brother Kenneth Hagin, tells of an experience that he had in 1952 in a tent meeting. He said he was praying. It had rained, and the water had washed out some of the tent sawdust, and the crowd was small. And he said as he was praying, he heard up at the top of the tent uh, somebody say, come up. To him, he said, he, he thought it was somebody standing outside the tent mocking and he didn't even look up he said he didn't like to be disturbed when he was praying but it happened again and he looked up and he said he saw the master do you love the master oh hallelujah we're going to see him soon right in the body or out of the body we're going we're gonna to see him soon it's going to be wonderful and among other things he said uh, during the course of this, he had him kneel down. And he said, I've called you and given to you a, a special anointing to minister to the sick. And then he said this, this will not work. Did you hear this? This will not work unless you tell the people. Is that what we're reading about here? Talking about here. What won't work? Brother Hagin said that he had told him, hold out your hands, and he did. He said the master touched his hand. 
He said when he did, it began to burn like he was holding a coal of fire. And he said, he said, this anointing, he said, it, it'll drive out sickness and affect healing and cure. And if there are wrong spirits there, it'll drive them out. But this will not work. He said, the head of the church told him, this will not work unless you tell the people what I told you. And he said, when he said that, he thought, Lord, how am I going to do that? Because the whole vision was like two hours long almost. How am I? He said, and he said, the Lord knew his thoughts and said, no, tell them that you saw me. Tell them that I put my finger in your hand. Tell them that anointing is in your hands. And if they'll believe it, it'll come into them and minister healing. Did you hear that phrase? This will not work. Well, that was a special anointing, but it's true concerning any anointing. If you're anointed to preach, you need to have faith in that anointing on your life. And you don't, you don't need to, to, to boast about yourself, but Paul said, I magnify mine office. Now, what, what does that mean? To the casual listener, you might think he's boasting about who he is and what he is, but he didn't call himself. He didn't put himself in that place. He didn't anoint himself. Come on, y'all listening. When we're talking, when, when we're talking about the anointing that God's put on us, we're not bragging on ourselves. We didn't anoint ourselves. We're talking about what God has done. But you need to be confident. If you're a pastor, you need to believe you are anointed to lead that flock. You're anointed to feed that flock. Hmm? Come on, do you believe it? I, I tell my people at our churches, I say, you will get some of the finest most anointed word of God here that you will get anywhere. I didn't say better than everybody else, but I said as good and as great as you will receive anywhere. Now to the casual listener, I think, boy, he really thinks a lot of himself. No, I'm not, I'm not bragging on me. I'm not talking about me. I have confidence in the anointing that God has put on us, and I know I have to have faith in it to manifest. And the people have to have faith in it to manifest. This will not work unless you tell the people. Why did Jesus? It was his custom. At this, in his own hometown, they didn't receive it. And he could, <coughs> excuse me, he could there do no mighty work. But did that stop him? If you run across people that make fun of you, they say, who do you think? Who does he think he is? And he's trying to act like Jesus. I thought that was the idea. You, you, you got a better example to follow? Didn't he say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. Greater works than these, 
You won't do it without the anointing. You won't do it without faith in the anointing. And there won't be any faith in the anointing if nobody ever talks about the anointing. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Now, please understand, I am not talking about boasting. It's the opposite. You say with the master, I can of my own self do nothing. But I'm not by myself. Hallelujah. I'm not by myself. Somebody else is with me. Somebody else is in me. Somebody else is on me. And all things are possible to him that believes in him who is on us and him who is in us. Glory to God. So Jesus Jesus didn't go somewhere and cry and go, man, I flopped in my own hometown. Nobody believed in me. We couldn't get any miracles. No. No. He went to the next town. And he preached the same thing. And when he got to the part where he said, Today, this is the day it's fulfilled in your ears. In that town, they jumped up and said, Yes, I want it. I'm going to get mine now. And thousands were healed and delivered and he went to the next city and the same thing and the next city and the same thing. Not everybody is going to be excited about you. Not everybody will receive what the Lord's given you, what he's put on you, what he's told you. And if they don't, don't fall off your chair. Don't cry. Turn and go, next. Next. You want to hear? You want to hear? Hallelujah. Do just like Jesus. There's somebody who wants to hear. There's somebody who will believe it. And when you say, now, today, this is the day, they will say, yes, and amen, and I receive, and miracles will happen. Hallelujah. Stand up and give glory to God, everybody. Oh, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you would just close your eyes and focus on the Lord. This is very important. Pray this prayer with me if you agree, if your heart agrees, and release faith. Sit out loud, Father God. Thank you for letting me be a part. Letting me be a part of your family, a part of your kingdom, have a part in your work, 
in your ministries. I ask you, reveal to me, remind me, confirm to me the anointings you have placed on me and in me. And I'll not be ashamed. And I will say what you tell me to say about it. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. 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 Said out loud, I will reverence the anointing. I will give place to the anointing. I will talk about the anointing. I will yield to the anointing, to your Holy Spirit. I have faith in the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, 